Hey, I'm Ray Hudson, and you are, I don't know who you are, but you're listening to Blaugranagram. Don't be like them kids in the Blair Witch Project, and go away. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Driven Shot Podcast, the Driven Shot Live show here. With me, I've got uh, Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? Good. How about yourself, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's been uh, it's been quite a night, hasn't it? Uh, of course. Yeah. If you missed it, how could you? But if you missed it, Barcelona met Paris uh, Paris Saint Germain last night uh, at the Camp Nou. The game ended four one uh, in Paris' favor, and uh, of course, there still is the second leg, the return fixture to go. And as we saw last time, there was a return fixture between the two sides. Uh, mm-hmm. Things took quite a turn for Barcelona. Of course, the famous remontada, which they will be hoping to repeat this time around. Mm-hmm. Although, of course, they would have been hoping that uh, that was not needed. Looking back at the game, you know, having slept on it, it's um, it still surprises me a bit because, you know, looking at how the game was going initially, even the first half pairs, of course, were on the front foot. But uh, even off the scoreline, the game was quite even uh, in the stats. Yes. The game was quite even. And it's... it's I, for me, I think it all fell apart after the second goal. I still don't think for one quite reflected what happened during the game, but I don't know if you think any, if, if your opinion is different. And of course, our dear viewers uh, and, and, and audience here, if you have any questions or any opinions you'd like to voice, this is the place to do with this show is for us to interact with you. Yep. Start, you know, talk to you guys, debate with you guys and uh, submit them down below and let's, let's uh, have a little chat. So Kevin, yeah, sure. what, uh, what do you think? Yeah, no. So definitely, um, you know, after the game, I actually had to just take a nap to to see if like if it was all a dream or something. Because <laughs> it, it it just it didn't really make much sense. Uh, like it was one of those games where seeing that the penalty happened, we're up one. Yeah. About two minutes later, Dembele has a chance to put us up two nothing. Yeah. Had we gotten that two nothing up, I don't think we'd be having this type of conversation right now. I fully agree. I yeah, fully agree. I, I think it was one of those situations where uh, had Dembele had either stayed more focused or mm. just not really thought too much about it, or maybe even had passed it back to Messi, it would have been maybe. we would have been two nothing up, and I think PSG's mentality would have started to crumble. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. What we saw on the, on the field was, um, I think it kind of goes back to our, our, the last episode where we talked a lot about the defensive errors that yeah. the team has been going through. Mm-hmm. And prior to the game, I, I, I was talking to some colleagues, uh, at work and, 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 you know, we were kind of just thinking through like, okay, where can things honestly go wrong for the, for, mm-hmm. for Barcelona? And yeah. I thought, you know what, through the sides, I, you know, I don't think so. I think uh, Mbappe, uh, over the last few weeks, he's, he, you know, especially with with without uh, without Neymar on the squad, he's been he's been cutting in a lot. Uh, but for that same reason, that's also where we're struggling the most in the middle. It's the middle of the of the defense where where I think we need to uh, we really need to improve, and that's why we had the discussion of like what what our dream signings would be and like what 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 center mm-hmm. back we think should be should be paired up at the back and everything. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think it was, uh, it was kind of like all of our worst fears literally came true uh, for, for, for this game. Yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. I think it was, uh, it was, it was one of those games where 
you know, from an outside point of view, you, we had some some vectors where we thought, well, this is where Paris could strike from, and mm-hmm. and they did. Um, just to look at some comments here, as to not yeah. let those slip. Uh, Zane says, "How are you? How are you, man? Thank you for tuning in. Uh, hope you're well." Uh, Omega Messi on Twitter says he honestly thinks Ter Stegen's two miss kicks made him afraid to come off his line for the rest of the game, um, and we'll discuss those. I think um, as far as the game goes, as far as Mbappe goes, I think the first half, um, and by the way, I was uh, commentating the game on Blogronogram TV as we do for every game. Uh, as far as written commentary goes, we also have that on the website on mm-hmm. blogronogram.com. So if you're missing the game or if you'd like to hear different commentary than the one you'd see on TV, tune in. Uh, it's free, and uh, hopefully, and we'll definitely enjoy having you. Um, with that said, I think – the Dembele chance definitely made a difference uh, because for me, as soon as you missed it, I couldn't help but draw parallels to the one against Liverpool yep. um, where, it, I, you know, it's hard to, to tell whether it was complacency, whether you thought, yeah, no, that's going in for sure. And then just got a bit lax with the finish or, or what it was. Um, but I think looking at the first half and looking at how things were going, I mean, Barcelona had, managed to keep Mbappe quiet for a big part of for a big part of the first half. Uh, Moise Kian was also very, very quiet, mm. had to play a lot of defensive football rather than, than attack, which we know he's good at. Mauro Icardi, I don't think, from what I saw, I didn't really have many touches throughout the whole game, but his presence definitely yeah. did a he lot. He ran a lot. He ran a lot. He, he, he tracked back. He helped annoy the defenders and create space for his teammates, which is yeah. a thing he's really, really good at. Um you know, and 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 the thing with with how that whole game went and how Barcelona's attack was playing, mm-hmm. they were pretty much just put to a halt. The the attackers didn't really get the ball in the first half, and when they finally did, it seemed like it almost caught them off guard. Or Paris defense was just very disciplined and very switched on. I mean, you're looking at the names on paper, mm-hmm. and you'd think that it would be a very even game for sure. Some would even. Yeah. No, especially considering the last few weeks, how we've seen uh, the way De Jong has been playing, the way Pedri's been playing. You know, again, like you said, on paper, these players looked like they were ready, but physically they perhaps were. But mentally, I think PSG's midfield was probably like on level two versus mm-hmm. versus uh, versus Barcelona's, who was just kind of just wanted to play the game, but they forgot about the intensity of the matchup and. It really makes me wonder if the intensity of the last few games has mm-hmm. basically translated into a lack of focus into into last night's yeah. game, because everybody was thinking, "Oh, you know what? Barcelona is in a is in a great spot considering they just won five one." But like at the end of the day, it's it's Alaves, you know. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's completely. Yeah. Had it been Sevilla before? This yeah. match against PSG, I think we would have been in a much better place mentally. But yeah, something sure. something happened in the midfield that that just um, that just didn't help us at the end. Yeah, you know, and and the thing is, like, I know because obviously I, I I see and hear what's going around on social media. I like to listen to as many opinions as possible to kind of be able to be unbiased with what I think and and how I kind of present my opinions and the general consensus seem to be, why are Paris playing, you know, they're playing Leandro Paredes, he's going to get steamrolled by the England mm. Pedri, right? Which is just not going to happen because, sure, Paredes does not have the, so to say, PR 
that, mm. that some of the other players have. Uh, he's not this player that you see in the spotlight, but he's – I like to compare him to sort of a Jorginho or a Rakitic in his prime mm. pre or post his uh, – Rakitic's cam era. Away from that, taking into consideration the way he plays in terms of balancing out the play and picking out those long passes and picking out the right passes – into the pockets of space. I think that's something Paredes is very good at and something that if you don't really watch Paris or if you don't really look at some of the more, so to say, underrated, quote-unquote, underrated players, you're not really going to realize. So with that in mind, you look at how the game was perceived and how the two teams on paper looked and how the general feeling was. Mm -hmm. Paris, of course, for them, Baututino sort of marked a new era. Now, especially with... You know, Paris fans at least hopeful that Kylian Mbappe is going to stay. Neymar reportedly close to renewing his contract with them. Huge, mm-hmm. huge, huge confidence boost for Paris, as well as the fact that they have these talented midfielders. Marco Verratti, they managed to keep him down despite interest from many clubs throughout the years. Yep. Uh, you know, coming up as players like Ander Herrera, came in from Manchester United, has done a really good job. Yep. Uh, Idrissa Ganagay, also a very a talented, hardworking player, right? So they have all all these players in the team. And although that team may not be as meshed together as Barcelona seemed in the over the past few games, yeah, there still is a team with a lot of quality and the players know exactly which roles to, to have and, and what to do. And the question then remains, is that on Ronald Koeman? Is that on how the team is, per- how they're perceiving their roles? Is that on the fact that the midfield maybe is not, you know, you look at the midfield for Barcelona, it's really not been the same midfield every single game. There have been some changes. Um, and and for the players that come in mm-hmm. during the game, like Ricky Puig, like uh, Miralem Pjanic, it's tough for them to kind of make a mark on the game. And you have to remember with that, if, you, if that's not set in stone, mm-hmm. the rest of the team is going to get destabilized. And if they get used to playing in a certain way with those players on the pitch and all of a sudden you take them out, for instance, Ricky Puig has been getting decent playing time for the past two or three games. Right. Didn't start against Paris. The way the team is playing is different because they just got used to Puig's presence in the midfield and what he does and the type of runs he makes. And he clearly gets on very well with Griezmann or Messi yeah. or De Jong. Taking that away, you lose something. And it's not to say that you're it's not to say that they were missing Ricky Puig. I personally think his introduction would have been really, really good. And I think that putting him in so late was a mistake. But I think it's I think the issue is more on a deeper level in the sense that the team just doesn't seem to have that cohesion in terms of do the players know their roles on the pitch or is it just kind of hey go out there drift into this half space if you see the spot you know how rigid are the tactics because it doesn't seem like they're rigid it seems like the players have freedom to roam which is very good don't get me wrong i think yeah Having that sort of freedom is really, really good for a player if they know how to exploit it. And so far they have been. But against teams like Paris, against teams like Sevilla, against teams that will play at a high level mm-hmm. and don't just play because they have nothing to lose, right? That there needs to be more of a strict plan set, so to speak. And I don't know if that was the case last night. It didn't seem like it. You know, weirdly enough, I feel like Right now, what the team is lacking is uh, is besides just like the uh, an identity crisis in terms of like the style of play and like how we want to uh, present ourselves on the field and to the opposition. I think mm-hmm. it comes down to Kuman not really 
relaying that confidence to the players so that they could actually do what they want to do. Because, and the reason why I say that is that if we look at, for example, the way uh, these teams, uh, the, these elite teams in Europe are, have been playing is that they have a certain style, but if you look at what everybody or the way that they, they comment or the way they even analyze these teams, i.e. Munich, uh, the mm -hmm. from the last uh, three or four years when Zidane first came in, you kind of just see all the players having fun. There was no yeah. real quote-unquote system in place where the players had to be in a certain position and make specific runs. Everybody kind of just always communicated and spoke to one another in a very, like, street soccer type of way. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And, and I yeah. think that that's the kind of vibe that, uh, you know, Barcelona used to have during the Guardiola era and even during uh, some years of Luis Enrique and stuff where For sure. Sure, you, know, you, you could you could say that there was a, a, a consistent lineup in terms of like what's in the midfield and who's in the who's at the back. Uh, but ultimately, I think it comes down to the decisions being made uh, of like why there's such an inconsistent lineup. Honestly, w w nobody knows. I think the only person who knows is Coleman, and because he's he's still testing things out, and and you know, it's this is still kind of like a a year to test things out and whatnot. For sure. But I don't know if if that's necessary. If that's something we need in terms of uh, actually winning trophies, uh, in terms of actually going up against a team like PSG, where mm. for years they've been criticized for having a lack of identity for years of a bunch of players who just have their own uh, basically plan on the field and they'll go ahead and execute it. But over the last two years, it's actually finally starting to come to fruition. And obviously there's the injection of Mbappe and, and Neymar, but that, you know, I, I think the same could be said with Barcelona. We have Griezmann, we have De Jong, we have Messi. We have these players with big personalities, with great ideas on the field and everything, but they're probably being instructed a little bit too much to a certain extent. Uh, whether that's true or not, I mean, it's time will tell. Mm -hmm. That's just my, my unbiased point of view where whenever I see them play, I just have to ask myself why, why that run or why that pass or why all these different things yeah. that happen uh, during the game yeah yeah no i i fully understand your point i mean it is it is um it's it's i mean as you said it's one of those things where you look at the team and you know if you look at bayern munich as you said they look like they're having fun if you look at liverpool uh barring their recent performances mm. i remember they had a, a good spell of, of, of games where no matter who they put on the pitch, no matter who was in the starting lineup, they played in the exact same way yeah. and they got the exact same results every single time. And of course, building an identity takes time. It takes confidence from the team. It takes trust. And of course, given everything that's been going on with Messi's contract, with all that stuff, mm -hmm. um, you know, with the elections, everything, the, all, that, all that. Yeah, it, it takes a toll on the players and it takes a toll on the important names on the captains. Sure. Um, you know, and I think, one thing is that, yeah, you know, I've heard fans already call – I've heard Barcelona fans already saying, yeah, we want Kuman out. He's not the right man. And, you know, he might not be the right man, but he also might be. And and yeah. you don't want to end up in a situation where Barcelona are pulling a Chelsea move and firing their manager every couple of months yeah, and getting a new one in. 
because that's not going to work. That's not going to, you know, maybe at, at the end of that spell, you'll end up with the right manager. For, for a while, for Chelsea fans, Frank Lampard seemed like the man that was going to drive them forward, mm -hmm. and he did quite well. And then, obviously, an obstacle came, and all of a sudden, things just went downhill. Right. The same thing could happen to Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea. And and what then what? Will they fire him again and bringing a new guy that might also seem like the guy? Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, sure, Ronald Koeman might not seem like, taken at face value, might not seem like the, the Barcelona manager, the ideal Barcelona manager, right? So far, though, He's done a lot of things right, for sure. You know, the introduction of, of Pedri, that's not mm -hmm. easy. A player that just came from Las Palmas, right? Introducing him to a team like Barcelona, having him play a crucial role like he has been doing yeah. is very impressive. Turning Frankie de Jong from a player that to some seemed surplus to requirements and seemed like the wrong guy from Ajax, mm. right? Turning him from that, it, having that sort of image to being a player that they rely on for pretty much every game. Yeah is also something that has to be given credit for. Uh, Ansu Fati had a really good season up until uh, his injury. Yeah. Coutinho, for me, seemed like the most consistent player when the season started. Of course, injuries haunted him, and now he's injured again. And hopefully for Barcelona that he will come back and hopefully come back stronger because I still, for me personally, I would hate for Barcelona to sell him because I think he's a quality, quality player. And I think it's it's just a matter of figuring out what's going wrong rather than just saying, yep, he's not it. Because, all right, you sell him, then what? Messi, yeah, exactly. let's, let's suppose Messi leaves. Who do you have as a replacement? You're not going to be able to buy Mbappe or Neymar. Neymar is not coming back, which of course, for many Barcelona fans is a really good thing. Um, not for me personally, but for many Barcelona fans, they'll be very happy to hear that Neymar is not coming back. Um, but then who do you bring in? Who can? Who has that sort of creativity? You have Griezmann. Okay, cool. Then what? You're going to bring in a Holland. What if he doesn't succeed? You yeah. don't have that sort of style that Messi brings. In that, there are off the top of my head four names at Barcelona, maybe three that I would say have a similar style to Messi and can do what he does. Mm -hmm. Obviously, not to the same level because he's Messi, but close. And those would be Coutinho. Dembele, mm -hmm. maybe Griezmann, maybe Ansu Fati. Very early to call, but Griezmann has shown that when he was with, with Atleti. Of course, yeah. in a very different system, in a very defensive minded, defensively minded team, but he has the quality, and he's slowly showcasing that quality. Of course, it takes time because, mm -hmm. of course, yeah, he's played in La Liga pretty much all his life, but in very different teams and very different systems. Coutinho has played in the Premier League for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. He played in Inter, and he played in Espanyol, and his was it Espanol? I think it was Espanol. It was Espanol, sure. yeah. It was Espanol, yeah. Espanol, in his early days. Yeah. And and you know, that it takes time to adapt. And and injuries don't make that a lot easier. He did well at Bayern, but that was still only for one season. So exactly. I think it's very important to remember that these things take time. And just because Ronald Koeman may not seem like the man, you know, dismissing him is not going to be the solution. Because then who are you going to bring in? Xavi, who has experience from Qatar, which of course, he's Xavi, club legend, legend for the national team. Definitely one of the players that I've seen with the highest football IQ and, and very, mm -hmm. very smart and intelligent player. And also seemingly a very good manager. Yeah. But if it's if good. if the thing is, if if Barcelona fans want to get rid of this whole, so to say, stigma of hiring people that have played for Barcelona because they've played for Barcelona. Mm-hmm. You need a big name manager, and and Xavi is only a big name manager to Barcelona fans. If you go over to 
an Arsenal fan and say Barcelona are hiring Xavi, it doesn't hold much weight. I mean, does it though? Because then the same thing could be said if uh, with them hiring Arteta, no? Yeah, no, I agree. And Arteta has proven to be a good a good solution. I'm not saying Xavi might. I'm not saying Xavi would be a bad option. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, if if you want to move away from the whole Barcelona, he played for Barcelona, aka, he, so he must be good. Like we saw with Ernesto Valverde, who had a good run in the league, mm-hmm. really good run in the league did really, really well in the league, but when it came to Champions League football, was outsmarted. Kike Setien, in my opinion, barely had any time to prove himself and okay. barely had any time to implement his ideas. I, I'm pretty sure he didn't even have a full transfer window to work with. Yeah, he didn't. He, he came in, I think, uh, mid-August. So he had like two weeks in yeah. there, something like I think, that? No, actually, I think it was mid-January, then left in August, then Kuman came. Oh, right, 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 I right. Think. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember that night in January, I was sitting waiting. I remember that. Yeah. Um, so... You know, it's it's just a thing of if you want to if you want to really refresh everything, you kind of need something different. If you are going to get rid of Ronald Koeman, which personally I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't. think I think it heavily heavily depends on the preference of whoever gets the 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 presidential spot. Yes. And even then, even then, if Victor Font wins, he's shown a lot of love for Xavi. And having him as his manager, the question is, would Xavi want that as well, given what's been going on? So firing Ronald Koeman would not, in my eyes, be be the solution. I don't think that's a solution. I think the solution is to let him implement his ideas, let the team mesh together, and give them time because this is a process. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's a combination of many things as well. First, sure. Koeman... He, he, I, I don't think he should go. Uh, even if uh, things don't, even if things go sour in the Champions League, uh, mm-hmm. he needs a full year. He needs a full year to really uh, let the teams, uh, let his system actually marinate, uh, so that, so that his team could uh, could assimilate that that's playing style and everything. But I think also uh, something that's really important is actually giving him a full transfer window. I think. Yeah. Full transfer window would also uh, prove to be beneficial, especially with the new president, uh, potentially a new president coming in mm-hmm. with maybe uh, a, a bit more progressive ideas, uh, a progressive mindset in terms of the types of players that they want to that they want to uh, employ at, at the club. Uh, do I think Xavi would take the job? No, I, I, I don't think he I don't think I don't, he, I don't think he would either. Yeah. I don't think he would. I think he just wants to kind of like allow the dust to settle a little, little bit. Um, you know, if, if he did come in, let's, let's assume in a world where he just came in for a second, it would be very, very similar to when Pep Guardiola arrived, where the club was in a bit of a crisis. <laughs> uh, he came in, he kind of just whipped everything up uh, up together, let go of the players that he needed to let go of, uh, the same way Guardiola did. Um, but maybe that's just something that... Uh, that needs to happen in t- in terms of, uh, you know, I think Piquet put it uh, perfectly last summer where he said some fresh, some new blood is needed, uh, mm-hmm. you know, fresh ideas. And For I sure. think, and I, and I think uh, if we can keep Koeman uh, through the through the rest of the season, as well as next season, we give him two, three months of the summer transfer window to rework his ideas, to see what worked and what didn't. And then we can start off simply, you know, Next, yeah. next on the stronger foot but it is also safe to say that you know the the tie the champions league tie isn't over yet you know that's the, very starter, true. 
Might have been four one. Can we put four? Can we put four past them? We have. We've done mm-hmm. it against other teams. I, yeah, I, I think we could. It's. I don't. I don't think it's over yet. I, I don't think so either. I mean, you know, you look at the you know, their record and everything. And Paris have been quite vulnerable recently as well. Like they, yeah, sure. They beat Nice before they met Barcelona, but even that game was not a convincing win. Um, So it's not like they are on this high that Bayern Munich were on, for instance, back with with the, with the A2, right? So there still is a chance and there still is hope. And I know that for many people, that's what sort of kills it is like, yeah, there's hope, you know? And if it doesn't work out, yeah. Like, if, if it's one of those situations where you're like, yeah, it's over, and then they end up actually completing the comeback, you're like, oh, that's a cool surprise. You know, and, and I fully understand people's reluctancy to to not get excited about the prospect of actually going through, right? But I, I think it's, as you said, it's very important to stress that it's not over yet. I mean, yeah. it's it's 4-1, sure. It's, it's four away goals. That's a big blow. But there's there still is a lot of quality in Barcelona's team there definitely is and what I'm still puzzled when I'm trying to figure out where it is where where it went wrong because the defense for Barcelona was not I don't think it was a bad defense last night I really don't I mean PK I think still very 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 risky to play him from the get-go after being out for so long Serginho Dest came back from injury, I believe got a couple of minutes, then had a game or two of rest, then comes in, start against Paris, gets 70 minutes of play. Also another risk, right? So that was obviously uh, – I mean, I guess you could say that was a mistake. But then again, who would you put in that has shown enough to kind of merit a spot against Paris? Oscar Mingueza, I think, would have been a good shout. But then again, he's still very, very young, and you don't want to just destroy his confidence if he plays badly, right? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's one of those things where you really don't know what Kuman could have done differently in terms of the lineup, in terms of the tactics. The question then is, was that his fault or were the players not listening to his tactics? Were they trying to deploy ideas of their own? Was there not enough communication? You know, that's also a thing Yeah, because you look at the midfield that have been playing, it's pretty much the same midfield that's been playing for the last couple of games. Yeah. And that midfield has done extremely well. The line of attack has also done very, very well. Um, and all right, fair enough. Maybe people would argue, well, Dembele wasn't playing. Look at what Trincao did when he came in, went on that Maroning run. Sure, but that's one out of three. Yeah. So then where is the where is the weak link? And I, I don't think it's I, – I really don't think it's one of those things where you could just pin it on one player or two players. I, I really don't. I just don't know exactly where it went wrong. And it's for me, that's hard to figure out. Do you – Maybe have an idea, yeah. or I, I have to disagree. I think it went wrong on the defense. Um, I, I think it, I think uh, starting Piquet was a was a huge huge risk, uh, considering he hasn't played for two months, and then to start him against a, uh, against a team that has forwards like Icardi uh, and yeah. coming at him. I mean. Yeah. I, no. I. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of also just say like, yes, that that was a mistake. The question of like where or who should have who could have came in. I mean, we could speculate all the players we want. Uh, I think ultimately it just comes down to Kuman uh, making the decision of who's actually physically fit for this mm-hmm. game. It doesn't matter about. I don't think I don't think age matters in this case or anything like that. Totally because, 
the same thing could be said with Dest. Uh, I mean, he also hasn't played in in quite some time, and to put put him up, put him up against a player like Mbappe, I don't think he's ever played against a player like him. To be no, fair, no, you know? no. So versus, uh, I'm seeing here a comment from me uh, about Mingueza and Pjanic looking great when they came on. It's like, yeah, I, I think you know, I don't think we would have really destroyed his confidence in having him play i think it would have i think it's just fair to say that he's just more physically fit to at least take on mbappe you know put 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 your hands on him or something just to slow him down which is something that barcelona did very well in the first half mm-hmm. but you slowly saw how death started to quickly burn out because i think any right back if you're marking a player like mbappe is it, it, gonna burn out you know you're being Definitely. In out in out, the only player who could who could have honestly marked him properly all game would have been Jordi Alba, but you know he also has a big responsibility on the attack, so he can't he can't do absolutely everything. And you know again, I I, I think um, I think it was it was just more like the players we played on the field. We we just had to think about which ones were actually physically fit because this was not only just a mental game, but this was also a physical game because the the PSG sure. is a very, very physical team. And if you're not going to put your body on the line for them, then they're, they're going to run past you, which is exactly, for example, what Mbappe did in the first goal or even yeah. in the first two minutes. He yeah. just went through the defense and then had Ter Stegen already coming off his line, which, I mean, I've seen another com- a comment from Zane saying that he didn't come off his line at all. I mean... He does to a certain extent, but it's just, yeah. you know, again, when does Ter Stegen go up against a player like Mbappe or like Icardi or anybody like that? So, you know, it, it's also just a lack of communication, too, with Piquet, who hasn't played for two months. So yeah. like, who, who's been in the game longer? Who's been who's who's more physically adept to to take on the players? And I think that's where we went wrong. I, I agree with that. And just to tie that up with Erika's question here. Can you talk about more about where you feel they went wrong in the field? Um, we sort of went over it, and I will add my uh, two cents in. I think that, I, and I agree, I agree with you, in hindsight, the defense, I, I don't think starting PK was the right idea. I think, if anything, if you wanted to rotate around the back, Oscar Mingueza starting with maybe a Clement Longley would be okay. Mm-hmm. Be okay. Um, you know, and then Looking at the at the lineup from last night, of course, Mtiti was also a name. I think, given Longley's lack of stability recently, my bet for a defense would have been Alba, mm. uh, Mtiti, mm-hmm. either Longley if you absolutely want to play Longley, or maybe Oscar Mingueza. Given that Araujo is out, start Dest second half, sub off Dest and put in Junior Firpo if you are going to take out Dest anyways, right? Because, right. yes, Firpo has not shown extreme defensive stability. But I will say this, and this may sound biased. Firpo is one of those players who's signing off supported ever since he signed. Right. Um, you know, he's he's a player that I think I think he has the quality. I just think he needs the time. Because right. playing at Real Betis as a wing back is different to playing as a fullback for Barcelona. Absolutely. Especially considering the style and the vulnerability in the back. If you do have to go forward all the time, that definitely does leave some gaps. And I think that as well as, you know, trying to, to link up. I remember as well in um, one of Ansu Fati's interviews, he said that one of the people he gets on with the most is Junior Firpo, mm-hmm. right? And having that connection, which we also could see whenever they were playing together, 
is very important. Yeah. Playing with a new player at left wing every time is not going to make your life easier. Or even in the midfield. Even in the midfield, right? So it's definitely something that I think is worth noting. And and I think Firpo at right back, if if you if Kuman had planned to take Dest out, as we saw Migetha, I believe he was I believe he was warming up around half time already, actually, if I'm not mistaken, right? So he already had the thought. If you are going to take him out, don't take him out with 20 minutes to go. Yeah. He's already burned out. He's been burned out for half an hour. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so I think that was a mistake for sure. As far as the the midfield goes, I think the young Pedri Busquets is a good combination. At the same time, I think Paredes and Gay managed to keep Busquets out of the game. He had some decent interceptions, but he just he he just realized. Yeah, Completely. and that's fair. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You're you're an aging midfielder. Yep. Your play your style of play is important for Barcelona, but. For that same reason, Miralem Pjanic was brought in when Barcelona let Artur go to Juventus. And yet, Pjanic has not been playing too often, which he's also voiced his discontention about, which I fully understand. Yeah. And whenever he, when, he, when he came on last night, he looked confident. He looked positive, looked like a player that wanted to attack, which is good, and mm-hmm. also at the same time keep control of the play and of the tempo. And I think having that sort of player is a good thing. And I think Kuman should use him more. And I still don't know why he's not being used as often. And I'm seeing a comment here about, um, uh, Frankie Puj and Pedri, uh, by, uh, Marigland stick. I'm absolutely sorry if I butchered your name there. Um, and I will answer the two other questions as well. We will get to those in a bit before we wrap up. But as far as a Frankie, uh, Frankie Puj and Pedri midfield goes, Puj and Pedri, of course, players with similar styles, I think you can compare them in a lot of ways. Um, but obviously, they are players that are attacking, you know, and, and it's, it's, these comments are cracking me up. Um, but, but with that said, I mean, I think that would be an interesting midfield to try, but I still think Pjanic should have been used more last night. I don't think Busquets was the answer. And I think that maybe after that performance, Pjanic might start against Paris next time. Yeah. And I, I just think some rotations in midfield are needed. To yeah. put it shortly, I briefly. I, that's that's my that's my honest opinion. Yeah, I like um, trio uh, Frankie Puj and Pedri. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I mean, <laughs> sounds really good to me. <laughs> they'll all be running, and that's that's just that's just really that's just what our midfield needed. We needed everywhere to to you stop. Know. To stop Verratti because Verratti was out of control last night. He was, he was, he definitely was. You know, and it's 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 one of those things where you look at the team and it's just it's weird, you know. Um, because some would argue you can't use Puj and Pedri at the same time. They're two, they're the same style of midfielders. Okay, let's try it out. Yeah, see how well, it works. Yeah, right? well, what's gonna what's gonna happen if you try it out against Gadith? What's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. Even if you lose that game, let's say let's say that. In a worst-case scenario, Barcelona lose that game. So what? It's an experiment. You're playing in a season where you have to experiment. Yeah, exactly. You can't wait till the offseason. You can't afford to do that if you actually want to compete for a trophy, yeah. which Barcelona have come close to with La Liga. So I think experimenting in that midfield, I think, would be a good idea. And credit to Kuman, he has been trying. He has been trying to introduce Puj and trying to introduce uh, – you know, we even saw Messi playing in the field to mm-hmm. make more room for, for other attackers. Um, but I think overall, I think the midfield should have been a different one last night. And to answer another question, my ideal midfield would be 
Pjanic, Puj, and Pedri, or Frankie Puj and Pedri, depending on, you know, depending on the, the opponent. Yeah. What would yours be if you had to pick three players for the midfield? No, definitely the young Puj and Pedri. I, I like that. I had it, I actually might even try that on FIFA tonight. <laughs> I think I'll try that too. I think that's that's something. I actually have tried it on FIFA. It's quite effective. It's yeah. actually quite good. Yeah. Um, For sure. Omar, no. said, sorry, yeah. go, ahead. go ahead. No, I just wanted to go for a comment. What do you have to say? Uh, Omar, I wanted to put you on the spot for a second. Would you rather okay, go shoot. La Liga or Champions League? La Liga or Champions League? Champions League, just because of the fact that Barcelona have been very thirsty for a Champions League trophy yeah. for, what, six years now? Six years. I, defi- I definitely have a Champions League this season over La Liga. Okay. For sure. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Champions That's League. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and let us, know, let us know in the live chat if you feel the same way or if you'd prefer another La Liga trophy. Um, Zane says Longley is not good enough IMO. I... Don't think I agree with that. I just think he's out of form. And I think we mentioned it last time as well. Has your opinion changed on that? Has your stance changed? Or do you still think he's Barcelona material? Last night's game was an anomaly, I guess. He he just he he made me sad to say yeah. he made me, he he upset me a bit. Um <laughs> but, I mean again, he he has a great left foot. He can he he he's he can be great out of the back, but um yeah, I think he's just very much out of out of out of form at the moment. I think so too. Yeah. Moving on to another defender, uh, Mari Glenstek. I says, how should we get? How should Barcelona get PK out of the team without being disrespectful? For me, business is business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and I think if Barcelona told PK, hey, listen, we think you're, we think you should leave, because we want you to be able to play in a team that needs you more. And right now, Barcelona have the players that they need to replace you. Yeah, doesn't mean that you're out of the club because, of course, he has visions of becoming a president or mm. maybe having an executive position, and that's definitely not ruled out. I don't think. Um, so I think if if I had to give advice as like a spin doctor on yeah. <laughs> on how to say it, that's how I'd put it. <laughs> Just saying, yeah. and listen, you know, you're a club legend, and and you know you've you've done your part, you've done your yeah. job. I think, and I think, weirdly enough, I think he'd be very receptive to it. I think. It I think so too. I think it just honestly comes down to, uh, you know, who's on the board and and who's president of the club. That's sure. that's, that's just ultimately what it comes down to. Because, uh, I mean, we told Ronaldinho to leave. <laughs> you yeah, know? that's you know that's the thing as well, right? Like, well, it's. Well, I mean, respect there is just more like my guy. Like that's it. It's it's. it's yeah, it's over. The era is over, and and that's okay. And Ronaldinho yeah. was like, "All right, bye. <laughs> All right. See you later." <laughs> you know, and it's it's like that's the thing too. Like if if you're gonna, if if you're as a club gonna say, "Hey, we don't want to hurt his feelings. Let's renew his contract for a couple more years." You know, I I don't I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I <laughs> to be I, honest, I, no, I hope that's not the case. You know, and 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 that's the thing too. I think, as you said, I think it's very important to remember that, of course, elections are looming. New president coming in, new board coming in, and depending on who comes in, they might have a really good relationship with PK. And I think even not necessarily have to have him leave the club. Just keep him on as a mentor, as a yeah. like, hey, you'll be on the bench. Your role will be to actually help these young young players out and help them do what they need to do and teach them and you'll still be on the pitch you know i don't think i honestly i don't think he'd mind that you know because i hope he wouldn't i hope he wouldn't and and, and if he does you know as um as Mary Glenn says he can play for andorra fc oh no 
<laughs> I, I I mean, Edar Sarabia did tell him that, hey, you can play with us on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that. Um, no, I didn't. That's I, think PK, I think PK posted something about the, the snow. And then uh, I think Sarabia said, hey, you can come play for us and send him a photo of the, of the stadium. Um, you know, he owns... I'm pretty. He owns Endora, doesn't he? The the club. I'm pretty sure he does. Um, but the point is, like, I feel like if he was to leave, there would be a lot of suitors for him. Yeah. It's not a it's not a Skodar Mustafi situation or a Dayan Lovren situation where they've had a lot of bad games. That doesn't mean you're a bad player. It just might mean that you're out of form. I don't think he's out of form. I just think he's sort of gotten this image of being a, an unreliable player, which, in my opinion, really isn't the case. I just think you're aging and you obviously can't play 90 minutes every game in La Liga or in the Champions League. That's just not how it works. Right. Um, you know. Um, Mariglen with some praise. You got it perfect. Thank you very much. Um, Fred says running is important in football. I know that much. Right on. Right on, buddy. Um, I think that's it for the questions, actually. If you have any more questions... Yeah. Let us know uh, yeah. down below. If you have anything you'd like for us to do, if you have any concepts you'd like for us to, to have on the show, tweet them at us or, you know, DM us, whatever you'd like to do. Feel free to do it. If yeah. you've enjoyed this so far, if you haven't already, go follow follow Blogonogram, follow me, follow Kevin on our social media. The links are all down below. Subscribe if you haven't already. Turn on that bell so you get notifications every time we go live, which is every Wednesday. And whatever other content we have on Blogonogram TV. So I think that's pretty much it for this time around. Unless you have any final comments, Kev? No, no final comments. Just, uh, yeah, like like you mentioned, just make sure you follow us uh, on our Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and yeah. we'll, we'll, do, we'll do our best to, to answer your questions or even bring up any, any controversial topics or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. Ke- Fred, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. By the way, if you guys didn't know, me and Fred have a podcast together. Uh, It's called the Lost in Translation podcast. It's a more laid back, chill podcast. You can check that out. It's on whatever you use to listen to podcasts. So is this one. If you've just tuned in and you're like, oh, no, I missed this episode. Don't worry. It'll be on Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff very, very soon. So if you like this, drop a like, share it with your friends and family and your dog and uh (laughs) I guess on that note, I hope you're all staying safe and sane, and we'll see you guys next week, right? All right, let's uh, roll the outro by Being Sports' Phil Shane, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in, and Godspeed. My name is Phil Shane, and you've been listening to The Driven Shot, hosted by Omar Hawash in the Blaugranogram News Outlet. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you have a wonderful day, and hopefully we'll see you again soon.